Shabbos, Perak Yud Gimel Mishnah Dalid, 13.4. We now move on to some other malachas that are precursors that precede weaving. You have to first make your raw wool that you sheared into thread. And there are four processes that we'll discuss that are malachas in this Mishnah, which are malabin, menapet, tsoveya, and tove. I'll go through each one separately in a moment. And the point of the Mishnah is the shear, as we've been going through all the malachas. What is the requisite amount of wool that you are malabin, menapet, tsoveya, or tove, um, at which point you'll be liable to bring a khatas. So for all of these malachas, the shear is going to be what's called a malo rochav hasit kaful, which means a sit is the distance between your middle finger, that's your ama in Hebrew, and your index finger, that's your etzba in Hebrew. Those are the two fingers closest to your thumb. So if you spread those two fingers apart as far as possible, the distance between them is called a sit in Hebrew. And the Mishnah's point here is that the shiur for those four malachas is to produce, if you do those malachas in order to produce enough uh, thread for to make a, a string that is twice the distance of your of a sit, a double sit, in other words, at that point you'll be chayev. So the Mishnah's words read, Shiur ha-malabin va-manapitz va-tsoveya va-tove, the requisite amount that one would have to do of malabin, manapitz, tsoveya, and tova, again I'll explain what those are, is kamaloa rochav ha-sit kaful, is the full width of a double sit, that much wool, processed any of those four ways would be um, the malacha d'oraisa for, for which one would be liable. Now let's go through those malachas and one more time here. We saw them back in the seventh parak, but let's do it one more time in a little more depth here. First is malabin. So this is the malacha that occurs after you shear the wool from the sheep. Malabin literally means whitening. And there are two basic sheets that are shown on what malabin is. According to Rashi, this is cleaning it with water. So there are basically two steps in that process. The first is you after you shear off the wool from the sheep, the wool is really matted and filthy. Um, it's a bit on the, you know, you see people, humans with dreadlocks. Well, these are sheep that are walking with their hair uncombed, unshorn, and close to the ground, sleeping in animal dung and insects and burrs and all the rest of it. So it, the amount of debris is large, and you have to wash out as much as you can before processing these hair fibers into thread. So according to Rashi, malabin is essentially um, scouring. There's two parts of it. The first is you essentially put it under a running stream and try to get out the kind of equivalent of running water under a sink for us um, and use that to try to wash out as much of the debris as possible. There's also a second part, which is you're going to wash in like a tub that has a detergent inside of it. Um, Nesser, which is nitre, was a common detergent they used. And the idea here is that you need to get all the grease out of the the wool. It's not going to take the dye very well if it's so greasy, etc. And in normal circumstances, therefore, you want to you want to um, wash it and get as much of the oil and grease out as possible. So malabin is scouring, um, in according to Rashi. According to the Rambam, malabin is something else. Malabin is essentially bleaching. So it's not done with water. Malabin is done in an oven. You'll take wet wool, um, and then you'll put it in an oven where you're heating the oven on the inside by burning sulfur. The sulfur in the air um, will combine with oxygen in the air to make sulfur dioxide, which will then combine with the water inside the wool to make um, what's called sulfurous acid. That's H2SO3. Um, And then the sulfurous acid will um, take on more oxygen to really bleach 
the wool producing, you know, sulfuric acid, H2SO4. And the sulfuric acid will, of course, dissolve. It won't really damage the wool at all. It won't damage the wool, but it will um, dissolve to a great degree the vegetable matter that's, like, intertwined in to the, uh, the organic material. Otherwise, that's intertwined with the wool fibers. So you'll be able to get those out later on, all the debris and junk, etc. So the Rambam, again, malabin means bleaching. And the point of the mission is, if you either scour, according to Rashi, or bleach, according to the Rambam, enough wool to make one thread that's the distance of a malosit kaful, a double sit, you'll be liable. Menapets, um is the separating of the fibers. The fibers are quite are matted together, typically, um, and therefore, A, they're clumpy, and you've still got debris trapped inside of them, perhaps. And also, if you want to um, dye the wool, which is the next step, so vea, you want to have as much surface area as possible of the fibers exposed to the dye. So I have to separate apart those fibers. So according to Rashi, excuse me, look to the Rambam first. The Rambam's shita is that menapets is whacking the matted but now bleached clean wool with sticks. That process is called willying, W-I-L-L-E-Y-I-N-G. And essentially what that does is um, two things. First of all, it, it separates out the wool fibers, which is what you want. And at the same time, it'll also knock out and crush down any last remaining you know, debris that's stuck between the fibers. So you'll knock those out and further clean the wool. That's Menapets according to the Rambam. According to Rashi, Menapets is picking the wool. That's a technical term. It means using your fingers to separate the clumps of the wool fibers, one from the other. Um, and um, in so doing, you'll, you'll you know, again, same, same idea. You'll A, take out the clumps, B, let the debris that are between the fibers fall away. Um, other sheetas are that it's got to do with what's called um, combing or carding. That's taking two brushes. If you ever seen like a dog brush, that's what you use for carding. It's these kind of these, think of like a wooden um, panel, like the size of, let's say, of like a playing card, full of these like sharp, like think metal, you know, um, brush tines. And you, and you move the, you take the massive wool fibers on one of the two cards and it's sort of stuck in those teeth, and then you take another card going in the opposite direction, you pull them apart, dragging the wool fibers. What that's going to do is, again, separate the fibers, open them up, let stuff fall away, and also, very importantly, um, when you um, card or comb wool, it makes all the fibers run in the same direction. They become parallel one to the other, which is very important. Um, So when you're later going to do tove, you're going to spin those fibers into thread, so it'll be nice and smooth, and it'll feed in nicely. It kind of makes these long what are called lishonot, like tongues, these long um, amorphous shape, but sort of like long, thin, extended fibers, uh, massive fibers together that you've pulled out. So um, essentially carding is with like this metal toothbrush, which is a lot of a lot of densely packed metal teeth. Combing is using a much more widely spaced iron comb. Same idea. Um, the difference is if, essentially if you're making um, warp or weft thread, so you can't afford to have short little fibers. If you're using warp threads, you need to use wider teeth and let some of the small fibers fall away. Okay, so whatever those, whatever the three is, different descriptions I told you, whether it's going to be willying or picking or combing slash carding, all kind of the same thing of monopets of separating the fibers. And worth knowing, noting, by the way, that if you recall from Seches Kilaim, we said that shotness is a notricone, it's like a portmanteau, an abbreviation for shua 
tavui v'noz, those three steps. So the shua step is this um, is this uh, carding process of taking the two iron toothbrushes and pulling the pull apart. So that's shua menapets carding. Okay, then you have tsovea. Tsovea is dyeing the wool. Um, in general, tsovea is going to be changing the surface color of, of anything, really. Um, but um, here we're talking about dyeing the wool. So what happens essentially is you put um, the wool after you've you've made it maximally clean and also sort of given it maximal surface area by carding it um, or picking it. Now open and we'll be, have a lot of surface area to collect all the dye. And you'll put that into some kind of like cauldron with dye in there. Um, you'll need to put possibly some kind of um, binding agent. It's called a mordant. Um, alum was used. You've probably seen alum, A-L-U-M. It's translated in the art scroll over the place for different different times and places. That was used to help the dye bind to the, the wool. So that's what that's what tsovea is. And finally, tove, tvia is spinning. So basically you take what's called a spindle. This is easiest if you just see a picture of it once. Um, but you have the spindle, which is basically just a stick. At the bottom of the stick, or the top, actually depends. Um, either way, you have a whorl, W-H-O-R-L, which is a weight, which allows things to spin very fast. And has a hook on top. And you'll feed in your kind of long tongue, let's call it, of wool fibers into the spinning spindle, which will spin them together and make like a nice long twine of thread. Um, and then you can wrap it around the spindle as it gets nice and long. Um, probably best to take a quick Google search for sorts to see one picture, what it looks like um, with spinning thread the old-fashioned way, and then you'll know it once and for all. Um, easy way to see it. So spinning, again, is, is combining the fibers into a single thread. And again, all four of those malachas, the shear is... If you, may, if you do it to produce enough, process enough wool to make thread, that's the tzitz kaful. Okay, now the mission continues on on a, a new point. We're going back to oreg, to weaving. And if you remember back in the first mission of the parak, we said that, according to the chacham in many ways, the shear for origa, for weaving to be high, was two rows, adding two rows to the bolt of fabric. So... Um, we never actually discussed how wide those rows have to be. So here in this Mishnah, we're going to discuss um, how much of each row must be done. You know, it doesn't have to be from end to end of that row. And this can be confusing if you don't have this understanding of what the Mishnah is doing. It's hard to understand the difference between this Mishnah and Mishnah Aleph, but I just told you. It's talking about here not how many rows, but how wide of each row has to be this, of this added fiber into the weave, meaning you're adding weft threads to the warp, two more rows of how much length. The question is, this could be either of one string or it could be two separate strings in truth, two different colors, let's say. So the shear is, v'ha'oreg um, we said you have to add two um, rows worth, shi'uro kamaloha sit, even if it's one, each of the rows is one sit wide, meaning the length of added weft string or added to each of the two rows is just one sit, this is between your finger and index finger and your middle finger, um, that will be enough, two of those, to make you chayev. So I don't know why the Mishnah separated um, the shear we mentioned the first mission to the, about how many rows to the length of each row, as we have over here, but that's how it is, and that's the halacha.